Our first reading this morning is from Mark chapter 15, verses 1 to 5. Very early in the morning, the chief priests, with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin, reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away, and turned him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Thanks, Juliet. Good morning, everyone. Let me add my welcome to Matt's. If we've not met, I'm Simon, another one of the pastors here. And it is so good to be together on Good Friday as we remember and celebrate who Jesus is, actually who Jesus is. That's, that's actually the big question for us today. Who is Jesus? And it's the tricky question that Jesus was asked by Pilate in the little bit of the story that we just read. I want you to picture the scene. Kids, you need to imagine this to understand that this was a pretty tricky situation for Jesus. Jesus was feeling exhausted and really sore. You see, the night before, he'd been out having a quiet evening with some of his friends. When he was ambushed by a bunch of the angry religious leaders and a whole crowd of soldiers that they'd brought with them, they'd accused him of doing all kinds of things that he hadn't done, and then they beat him up really badly. And then they sent him off to the local government official, the Roman ruler named Pilate. And that's where we are this morning. We picked up the story very early on Friday morning. And Jesus was feeling exhausted and really sore. Oh, and then Pilate has this really simple question for him, right? Who are you? Actually, we just read it in verse 2 of of Mark chapter 15. Are you the king of the Jews? Now, this is one of those tricky questions where you realise that there's actually more than one right answer. So it's tricky for Jesus, but it's actually also one of those tricky questions, I don't know if you can think of them, that sometimes you know that you're going to get in trouble whichever way you answer it. It's one of those questions for Jesus. Because if we've read through Mark's Gospel up to this point, well, we know that Jesus actually is God's King. He is the King of the Jews, so the simple answer is yes. But that's tricky then. Because Pilate was thinking about something very different. After all, he's the local government official who's in charge of making sure everyone respects his boss, Caesar, the big Roman king. So Pilate is really asking Jesus, Jesus, are you someone who is trying to cause trouble and get rid of my boss and become the new boss yourself? And so in that sense, Jesus would have to say, well, no. Because Jesus had a much bigger mission than just booting out Caesar. And Jesus has a a much bigger kingdom than just the Jewish people or even the Roman Empire. And Jesus knew that he had a job to do that was totally different to any other king. Think about it, guys. Most kings come to be praised by their people. How good is our king? But Jesus came because he would be rejected by his people. Most kings, they've got armies. What do they have their armies for? To protect them. But Jesus came to die for his people. Most kings, they don't like people who don't like them. They boot them out. 
But Jesus came to rescue all of us who have rejected him. And he showed us that he is so mighty and powerful and that he is so merciful and kind that he could even rescue us from death. So when, when Pilate asked Jesus that really simple question, are you the king of the Jews? Well, the answer was kind of yes, but also the king of everyone else and actually you, Pilate, as well, and Caesar and the whole world, but not in the way that you might think. And if I just kind of say yes, then you're going to get confused. But Pilate still wanted to know who Jesus was. He just didn't realise how tricky that question was. And in fact, it's good for us to see that too, because we will never really know who Jesus is until we realise that he is both mighty king and merciful saviour. And so this morning, instead of just sitting and listening to me talk about this, we're going to sing. We're going to do a lot of that this morning. We're going to sing that wonderful truth. Jesus is both mighty king, merciful saviour. As the band comes up behind us, let's get on our, seat, on our feet and sing because our sins are many, but his mercy is more. Our second Bible reading this morning is from Mark chapter 15, verses 6 to 15. Toward the end of the passage, in verses 13 and 14, there are two points where the crowd shouts, crucify him. So Zach and Nicole are going to shout those words out and they need you to join in with them. So watch out for them. Um, But for now, we're going to begin at verse 6 of Mark chapter 15. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who, who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him! They shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Thank you, crowd. I don't know about you, but it feels kind of jarring to sit there and yell for Jesus to be crucified. Well, we've got to learn about some swaps that just took place because we're learning about Barabbas and the big swap. And I need three kids to come up and volunteer with me. We were going to have all the kids down and I had a prop malfunction. And so we're having a a quick adjustment. Three kids. Have we got three kids? Guys, you don't have to do much. You're just going to... Avery, wonderful. Come on up. Come on up. I can't see in the dark. Oh, lovely Lucy. Oh, oh, can I just have... Oh, one Marshman. That's going to get tricky. We'll see what we can do. You guys can, you guys can share. All right, guys, guys, guys. We are going to do some swapping. Do you guys like to swap things sometimes? Maybe you like to swap toys with a friend? Like if your friend would like to play with that very special doll, Lucy, but maybe they've got a different doll, and so you could swap for a little while. That's what we're thinking about. We're thinking about swapping things, okay? Because sometimes we like to swap things. But it turns out that you guys have already got something that we can swap, and it's not your doll, Lucy. 
You see, I've got some coats here and they represent our sin because we all have sin that we need to deal with. So I want us to think about some things that we might have done. Lucy, I'm going to start with you because that helps me here, getting things on a... This is not just that you're the only person that's done this, but let's think, how many of us have ever said hurtful words? We've been unkind in the things that we've said. Lucy, have you said hurtful words? Yeah, that's all right. I'm going to put this on you, but it's not like you're the only one because if we did a show of hands, everyone else out there would be putting their hands up too and and so would I. Now let's think, not just hurtful words, what about hurtful hands? Have any of us used our hands to hit someone? Maybe, mm, that is true, (laughs) that is true. All right, well... Annie and, Jay, Annie and Harris, I might be able to... You come and stand just, just over this way a bit further. Actually, no, I need you over here. I've got to, I've got to remember my choreography here. You stand really close because that can kind of wrap you around. Okay? Harris, you're going into that together because I don't have enough coats to go across for. There you go, there you go, there you go. Covered, you're covered in that. And then, just in case we think, oh, we're doing okay so far... Who has been rude to their parents and disrespected... Avery, really? <laughs> All right, well, you know what? I think actually everyone would be covered by that, wouldn't they? I actually can't remember ever doing it, um, but um, I'm pretty sure I probably did. Well, you know, the reason that we're doing this is because this means that we've got a problem. We've just read about a man named Barabbas... And he had a problem too. I've asked Matt to come up. He seemed of suitable character to play Barabbas. So Matt's coming up. Now, Avery, I want you to make some room. And Matt is going to put that on. And he's standing... What's he standing right in front of? He's standing in front of the cross, isn't he? Because Barabbas had done some terrible things. And according to the law, he deserved to be crucified. And Barabbas, well, he's like us. Because we've got a big problem too. Because God teaches us that all of these things, they are sin. When we treat other people the way that they don't deserve, that's because we're not treating God the way that he deserves. That we don't respect God the way that we should. And the Bible calls that sin. And God teaches us that he must punish sin. And he must punish sin because God is perfectly true and just and fair. So it's, it's just totally fair that we are punished for our sin. So guys, we've all got a problem. Not just fidgeting on the stage. You need to sit nice and still for me and wait and see what happens. Because we deserve God's punishment. Just like Barabbas deserved to be punished. But what happened in the story? Just as Barabbas was about to be crucified, Jesus came along. So Joel, come on up. Not because Joel's sinless perfection, but he's about the right age and he's got lovely long hair, which every picture of Jesus I've ever seen has lovely long hair. Now, Jesus was not covered in sin because he had never sinned. In fact, Jesus was perfect and kind and loving and he had this wonderful relationship with God, his heavenly Father. And so, unlike us, covered in the blackness of our sin... Jesus had a wonderful relationship with God. Can you guys step back just a little bit for me? And what happened in the story? When Barabbas deserved to be crucified and Jesus was innocent and he deserved to go free, they swapped places. That's what happened in the story. Jesus, even though he deserved to go free, was the one 
who was crucified. Barabbas can take a seat for us because this is actually where we come into the story. Harris and Annie, Harris and Annie and Lucy and Avery and indeed all of us, we come into the story because Jesus offers to swap places with us. You know what? When we ask Jesus to forgive us our sins, do you know what he does, Harris? Can you take that off and can you pass that over to Joel? And Annie, can you take yours and you pass that over to Joel? Because Jesus swaps place for us. And you can do the same, Lucy and Avery. And Jesus takes our sin upon himself. And do you know what he gives us? He gives us his righteousness. He gives us his love and peace with God, Harris. He gives us the joy of knowing God. He gives us the hope of eternal life. Because that's the great swap. That as we trust that Jesus takes what we deserve, the blackness of our sin, he gives us what he deserves. That's the big swap that makes Good Friday very good. He took what we deserve and we get what only he deserves. So guys, thanks for helping us out. We're going to take all of those things off and put them down at the bottom of the cross because we want to remember that that's where the swap took place. All of our sin, oh Lucy, I'm sorry, all of our sin going on Jesus and we receive his righteousness and joy when we put our trust in him. So to help us to reflect on that, uh, I've asked Dave and Alex if they could come and lead us in a prayer of confession as together we remember that we all stand before this cross in need of that great swap. Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. Dear God, sorry for when we say things that hurt people. Sorry for when we do things that hurt people. Sorry for when we are not sharing for our own things with people. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Yes, God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word and deed by what we have done and left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. On this day, we remember the death of your son, Jesus, our saviour, and thank him for taking our place on the cross. We humbly repent before you, God. Have mercy on us and forgive us. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be reading from Mark 15, 16 to 37. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace that is the praetorium and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, 
was passing on his way in from the country and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they, cruci- and, they crucified- and they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Come down from the cross and save yourselves. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Aloy, Aloy, Lemma Sabathi, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me all alone? Kids, I wonder if you've ever felt alone. Maybe you've been lost and you couldn't find mum or dad or your way home and you felt really lonely. Sometimes there are, there are times in life when we feel really alone because it just feels like everyone is against you. Maybe people have been teasing you or bullying you or just making things hard for you. It's pretty terrible to feel alone. Well, when we ask the question, who is Jesus? The passage that we've just read gives us an example, uh, sorry, an answer that we might not expect. Who is Jesus? He's the lonely one. Did you see how lonely Jesus was? All his friends had left him. The disciples, they aren't even there. None of them were there to help him. So when Jesus was so worn out that he couldn't carry his own cross, the the soldiers had to get some stranger who was just passing by to help him out. He was so alone because his friends had left him. And then he was alone because everyone was teasing him. Ridicule insult, the worst kind of teasing ever, making fun of him as the king who would save the whole world, which they thought was silly, but was actually what he was doing. That's the worst kind of teasing because it shows just how alone he was there on the cross that the people really, really didn't understand who Jesus was. He was so alone. And then worst of all, He was alone because God had forsaken him. And you know, that's what hurt Jesus the most. More than the beating, more than the nails, more than the teasing. 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, to be really clear, it's not like Jesus was suddenly surprised or confused. Oh, where have you gone, God? No, he, he knew exactly why God had forsaken him. It had been the plan all along that Jesus would take upon himself the punishment that we deserved. And that meant that he would be alone. And it meant that he alone would experience the wrath of God for the sins of you and for me and for everyone who puts our trust in him. Now, Jesus wasn't confused or surprised. The words that he said, they were the first line of a really important poem in the Bible of, of Psalm 22. And that psalm talks all about how lonely it is to suffer the judgment of God. And Jesus said these words because this is what he had chosen to do. To deal with our sin and what it does, because that's what sin does. It cuts us off. Our sin cuts us off from each other. And our sin cuts us off from God. And this is what Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Jesus chose to be alone for you and for me. So on Good Friday, it's good to pause to pause and see who Jesus really is, the lonely one. Because he alone did what only he could do. So to help us to reflect on this, the band are going to come now and sing and play a song for us that we're just going to remain in our seats for at this point and to listen and to read the words and to reflect. We'll sing it again later on. This is sort of our opportunity to learn it. But, but actually more than that, this is an opportunity just to quietly reflect and remember Jesus, the lonely one, who alone did what only he could do. Thanks, guys. Before there was light Walked across the pages of time He who made every living thing Behold Him He who heard humanity's cry Left His throne to wake as a child He became like the least of us Behold him, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the Lamb, the roaring lion, hope is still, and behold him. Sinner 
our fourth Bible reading picks up at verse 37 and follows through to the end of chapter 15. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Friends, as we think through who Jesus is, I think it's amazing in Mark's Gospel to see how different people responded to Jesus. All the way through Mark's Gospel, we've seen people who came face to face with Jesus and they had to work out who he was to them. Some people loved him and some people hated him. And even people who thought they knew him really well were often pretty confused about him. I mean, at this point, as we've been reading through chapter 15, his closest friends are so confused that when Jesus was arrested, they all ran off and hid. At least the women who had known him over the last three years had the courage to show up at his crucifixion. But even they are only looking on from a distance. Even though they'd experienced Jesus change their lives so dramatically... They still only watched from a distance, looking on anxiously, wondering what's going to happen without really understanding what was going on. But then, did you see, we met two people who might surprise us with just how clearly they see who Jesus is. First, in verse 39, we read that a Roman centurion was the first person to see that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is really surprising. Because this is the guy who was in charge of all of the the soldiers who have crucified Jesus. Up to this point in his day, well, Jesus was just another criminal that he had to execute. And we might kind of think, well, surely someone like that is just miles away from seeing who Jesus really is. And yet, on the other hand, perhaps this centurion has seen Jesus as up close as anyone could, because he saw how Jesus died. And it was in his death that Jesus showed most clearly who he really is. I think we can really only kind of imagine what it was about Jesus that brought so much clarity to the centurion. 
But here he is, he's looking at Jesus and he recognises what Mark has been telling us throughout his whole gospel, that Jesus is the Son of God. And we don't know anything, about how, anything else about how the centurion responded, but we do know others who were totally transformed by what they saw. Like Joseph, who we read uh, about in verse 43. We read there that Joseph was a member of the council, which means that he was really important, he was really powerful, he was a very well-respected person. That council, that was the group of the religious leaders who had arrested Jesus. They'd conducted his sham trial full of false accusations and, and bribed witnesses and it was that council that had then kind of lobbied Pilate for Jesus to be crucified. It was really clear how the council saw Jesus. He was troubled to be dealt with. But something changed for Joseph with Jesus' death. Now Joseph saw Jesus very differently. First, he did something very bold. He came and asked Pilate for Jesus' body. And that's really bold because, well, Joseph couldn't do that in secret. Everybody would know that the man who was on the council is now honouring Jesus. And actually then he does something even more courageous because he shows just the surprising honour that he gives Jesus. He takes Jesus' body down from the cross and he wraps it very carefully and, and he treats it as a member of his own family. Joseph put Jesus in his family tomb. We've got to pause on that and think about that because Joseph is willing to, to risk all of his power, all of his respect. He is the in-crowd... He is willing to risk all of that safety to show Jesus this great honour. And I think in this way, he shows us that he has seen who Jesus really is. And so Mark is showing us something that we all need to realise. Whether we're kids here this morning or grown-ups who've been around church for years or grown-ups who might be here for the first time ever. We all need to realise that you can't work out who Jesus is by just following the crowd, whoever your crowd might be. The crowds have ridiculed Jesus. The authorities have killed him. His friends have abandoned him. But some surprising people have really seen Jesus and they've come to understand who he is. And so this Good Friday, it's good for us all just to pause and to look at Jesus and to ask ourselves who we think he is. I don't know how old you are. Are you four? Like my, my four-year-old, just four and one week. Are you 14? Are you 40? Are you many years beyond? This is the big question. Amos, this is a great question for you and for me. To think through who is Jesus. So that each one of us can realise that Jesus deserves to be the king of our own lives, the whole of every part of all of our lives. So let me be finished by praying. Our loving Heavenly Father, this Good Friday, help us to see Jesus as he really is. Help us to see that Jesus is the mighty king of the whole universe who's come to take our place. Help us to see that Jesus is the one who suffered your justice so that we could experience your mercy. And then, as you help us see him as he really is,
Please help us to give him the honour that he really deserves. And we pray this through faith in him. Amen.